I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, hello, hello. It's Pacific, and thank you for joining us for the final episode of Out of Place Season 1. We will be back for a Season 2, and for more news on when that'll be coming, make sure you give us a follow on Twitter at out of place underscore pod. You can also find a link to our Twitter and our website in the show notes below. And of course, if you like the show and you like what we do, consider joining us at midnightdisease.net slash join, where for only $5 a month, you can get early and ad-free access to every Midnight Disease show, like Lake Clarity, Out of Place, The Theater of Tomorrow, The Hotel, Margaret's Garden, and much, much more. But without further ado... Our final episode. Looking back, I wonder if it really began with the sign. I don't mean an omen, I mean an actual sign made of metal and sent to me by the project. Professor Birtwistle had called me to his office that morning. I was terrified he'd found out I was looking into the project, or that I'd been trying to find out about the Caroline Beckman who had signed the contract between the Carruthers Institute and the project. But instead, he was just unhappy about the speed with which I was cataloguing the Institute's medieval artefacts. I was so relieved I forgot to be pissed off about how blunt and officious he was about it all. I probably should have explained to him how long each entry took to type into the computer and just how much junk there was to get through, but I just said, Yes, sir. No, sir. I'll try harder, sir. I could tell the new artefact from the project was metal from the weight of the thin package on my desk. Maybe it was a coincidence it arrived just after I'd been given a dressing down from Birtwistle. I hope so. Otherwise, they're watching me. 
It was about 18 inches square. When I unwrapped it, I saw the small white card signed by Mr. Havisham. But this time, there was something else on it. A telephone number. Of course, I thought about calling it. I thought about tearing it up, too. I decided I could make that choice after I'd seen what was in the package. The sign was battered and sandblasted, with a pair of rusted holes where it had been screwed to a post. I flipped it over to the front and it blared at me in yellows and reds, screaming a warning impossible to ignore. Beware, read the huge type along the top of the sign. Lethal Hazard. There were, it seems, lots of lethal hazards in the vicinity of this sign. Six pictograms showed the dangers to be watched out for, and the first was a car upside down in the grip of a red tornado. Beneath it was written, Changes to gravity or other physical rules. Then a stylized head seen in profile with a spiral where the brain should be, labelled Confusion or Hallucinations. Next to that were two red human figures with a human figure in outline between them containing a question mark, with the words, Sudden loss of companions. A radiation leak, I thought, or a disease, but neither of those could flip your car upside down. The next row had an emblem of a radio set with little lightning bolt symbols around it and the words, Malfunctioning Electronics underneath it. Beside that were another three humanoid figures like Stickmen, one of which was twice the height of the other two. This was labelled Anomalous Humanoids. The final lethal hazard was a hand with a sticking plaster on it and the words Unexplained Injuries. Beneath the pictograms was printed If you encounter any of the above, contact the New Mexico Exclusion Area Research Project followed by a telephone number. Was this the same exclusion area research project that made the contract with the Carruthers Institute? The same one sending me all these artefacts? It seemed impossible for it not to be. I'd suspected the project was trying to tell me something, but now it seems certain. And finally, at the bottom of the sign was a small row of printed text that read, Produced by the United States Army Corps of Engineers. What sort of event could create an area where anomalous humanoids or unexplained injuries might be common enough to post warning signs? Why would anyone even go there at all if it was so dangerous? Shouldn't a warning sign just forbid all entry to this exclusion zone, unless there was something in there someone wanted? Something they wanted to research, for instance. I started with New Mexico. To the best of my knowledge, only one thing ever happened there that's particularly interesting. On the 16th of July 1945, the first nuclear weapon was detonated at the Alamogordo Bombing and Gunnery Range in New Mexico. The apparent age and style of the sign fitted the timeline, as did the fact it was made by the US Army Corps of Engineers, which was in charge of the Manhattan Project, to make the atom bomb. In our world, the Trinity nuclear test was scary enough. The scientists weren't entirely sure they went about to set fire to the entire atmosphere. After the Second World War, which atomic weapons arguably shortened, the Cold War came along, 
and almost destroyed the human race with the thousands of nukes each side was pointing at each other. I wonder how many timelines exist which end in exactly that. A nuclear rain of missiles and bombs wiping out the population centres, with fallout and starvation finishing the job. Maybe that was waiting in the future of this signs timeline too, but that wasn't why the project had sent it to me. Wherever this sign was from, I think the Trinity test created something other than a huge explosion, or maybe in addition to it. An effect that created gravitational anomalies and random injuries that made people disappear and rewired your radio. Something that let anomalous humanoids through. It sounds like it was a catastrophe. But going by the fact there was a project created specifically to research it, not something that America was averse to exploiting. I thought of Lola again. I've been doing that a lot. She's living with me and Mike indefinitely now. I think her dad is only now starting to really accept the fact her mother isn't around anymore. I talked with Lola about her mum for the first time last night. She said she misses her, but that she wishes she could cry properly. And I told her not to worry, that she would cry eventually and it would help her feel much better. That it would be difficult, but there were people who loved her who would always listen if she wanted to talk, or would let her cry if she had to. I didn't say I was one of those people, I, I'm not quite there yet, but I hope she realises I am. I'm glad our world didn't end in nuclear fire before I had a chance to exist. There have been times in my life where I don't think I could honestly say that. Uh, I'll um, type this all up later. Uh, my brain is too full of mushroom clouds and anomalous humanoids to do much thinking for now. I got your number. Then you received the last package. Very good. Can I ask who you are? Why don't you guess? Well, I think I have two choices. You're either Caroline Beckman or Mr. Havisham. You're getting very warm. You're both. There we go. I, um, I looked you up. Uh, you're at MIT. Not quite. That's the Caroline Beckman from your timeline. It's nice to know I could have got there, though. My life took a rather different path from your world's version of me. I wonder what she's like. What have you been trying to tell me with all these artifacts? I know that there are, there are different timelines and that you, 
the, the project has access to them. What I don't get is what I have to do with any of this. Why don't you enlighten me as to what you've worked out so far? Well, I haven't worked anything out for certain. I just make guesses. Not very academic of me, I suppose, but then I never really did agree with academia. I think the Trinity nuclear test in your world opened up a way to travel between dimensions. The ones similar to our own just changed by an event or two. And the New Mexico Exclusion Area Research Project was set up to study it. They went through to those other timelines and brought things back that show how history was changed. Very good. I think you do yourself a disservice, Andrew. You're very bright indeed. And then you send those things to me, which is where I start getting lost. It's just a case of being sensible. The work the project does is far too important to entrust all our research to a single timeline. If something catastrophic happened to ours, which is especially likely given the nature of our work, then even if the project survived, it would lose everything. So we send our findings, documents, artifacts, and so on, to selected organizations and other dimensions. That way, there's no way we can lose everything at once. There are lots of places like the Carruthers Institute, in lots of other timelines, that are doing the same thing you are. But you've been trying to get a message to me. There's no other reason to send me the sign I opened today, but I don't know what the message is. The project is always looking for good people. We have learned the best people all possess the same quality of curiosity. Anyone who looks into our artifacts, where they come from, what they mean, has demonstrated the quality we value the most. You found Caroline Beckman, your world's version of her at least. We've seen your notes on the artifacts we sent you. We're the ones who provided the Institute with the computer you use, so we've seen everything. You have that quality, Andrew. I think you're overestimating my qualifications, Miss Beckman. You're a rather better researcher than you give yourself credit for. Our Andrew Moss is a valuable member of our intervention team. There's a, a version of me in your timeline. Of course. We have both had very different lives between these two timelines. Andrew's work for the project has been exemplary. It's why we encouraged Professor Burtwistle to employ you. Yes, I thought that was a little too lucky. So, you want another Andrew Moss on your books? So, what's your offer? A future. The future we are building. The project was first set up just to research the Trinity Rift, but once we learned to move between dimensions without the Rift, we changed our priorities. We know how history changes around its key events. We know which changes are for good, and which ones are for ill. We've even started conducting field tests, changing the events of timelines similar to our own, and the results show enormous potential. Like Kinshasa? Exactly. The results of that operation were extremely encouraging. Eventually, we hope to have a timeline free of the suffering and conflict that plague us. One where we have ironed out all the mistakes of the past to make a perfect present. And you get to live there? That's the offer. Well, I'm sure it will be a wonderful place. But you know, I'm, um, 
I'm building something wonderful in this world, too. If you turn us down, we're not going to take such a positive view of your seeking us out. We can't allow people from outside the fold to know about our work. You have seen the surface of who we are. We can't let you see any deeper unless you're a part of us. You want me to back off? I want you to choose, Andrew. Then I choose the people I care about. They're more important to me than whatever you're building. That's my choice. Then we wish you all the best. We value what you have done for us. You have been a part of something great. I don't care about being great. I just want Lola and Mike to be happy. And myself. Then I hope you can find what you want. Goodbye, Andrew. Goodbye. We'll be watching. Out of Place was created by Ben Counter. Andrew Moss is played by Ben Counter. Caroline Beckman was played by Aaron Evans Walker. Our music is created by the incredible Tom Rory Parsons. And I'm your producer and sound designer, Pacific S. Obadiah. This is a Midnight Disease production. For more information, visit midnightdisease.net.